It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. Welcome to another edition of CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. A tough night for the Blue Jackets last night. For the first time ever, they played at UBS Arena against the New York Islanders, and the Islanders got the win, and they got it big time. Six to nothing was the final score in the game. Anders Lee had a hat trick in the win for the New York Islanders, and it was just a game where the Blue Jackets started off well, and it was one to nothing after one period they were down, but then things just kind of came apart for the Blue Jackets. They gave it away after that. They just couldn't do anything. Uh, when it came to scoring, there was actually one point where it was a four to nothing game, and I could account for four possible goals for the Blue Jackets. Boone Jenner had a breakaway shorthanded in the first period. Ilya Sorokin stopped that one. Then there was a Zach Wierenski puck off the post. That was close to getting into the net. Then there was a breakaway in the second period by Gus Nyquist. Sorokin stopped that one. And then Jake Voracek hit the post. So one at one point in time, it was four to nothing, but you could look at it and say, well, there were some chances. The only problem with playing against the New York Islanders with the team defense that they play is that your chances are going to be limited. And when you get them, you have to capitalize on them. And that is something the Blue Jackets just could not do last night, no matter what happened. They just couldn't find a way to get it done. So it's a disappointing loss, but they're right back home tonight. They have a chance to you don't erase that. It's always going to be on the record. I understand that. But you have a chance to put that out of your mind if you can come home and have a good performance and get a win over the Minnesota Wild at Nationwide Arena tonight. So hopefully the Blue Jackets are going to be able to do just that. Well, yesterday at Nationwide Arena, while the Blue Jackets were on the road, the OHSAA High School Ice Hockey Championships were being played. Yes, there's ice hockey and there's field hockey in high school, so they differentiate. But the final four played at Nationwide Arena yesterday, and it consisted of two games. Lakewood St. Ed's took on Gilmore Academy in game one in the afternoon, and then last night, Upper Arlington from Columbus hosted uh, Toledo St. Francis de Sales. Two very close games, two games that uh, really went down to the wire and beyond, and the man that was doing the color commentary on those games is former Buckeye and former Blue Jacket, R.J. Umberger. I'm going to bring R.J. in in just a moment to tell us about those games, tell us who's playing in the state championship game, which will take place at Nationwide Arena tomorrow night. And we'll find out from R.J. what he's been up to these days. All of that is coming up in just a moment, right after I tell you about the good people over at Telhio Credit Union. They have been serving the central Ohio area and the southwestern Ohio area very, very well for many, many, many years. They take care of of their customers. It's as simple as that. And that's why so many people are a part of Telhio Credit Union. So that's one reason that you should belong to a credit union instead of being in just a regular bank. That's only one reason. There are many, many reasons. And to find out what they are and to find out what reason might be right for you, just go to their website at telhio.org. You can surf around, click on the different tabs, find out about the services that they offer, the perks that they offer with those services, and see what works for you. Ohio Credit Union open to everyone in Central and Southwestern Ohio. They are federally insured by NCUA. I am joined right now by former Blue Jacket, former Buckeye, R.J. Umberger, who uh, put a new twist on his career yesterday when he broadcast a couple of high school hockey games. The OHSAA State uh, Final Four took place 
at Nationwide Arena yesterday, and RJ was the color analyst on the two semifinal games. First thing I want to ask you is, did you have fun with the experience? <laughs> yeah, it was a blast. Um, you know, it was obviously a little nervous at first, but, um, you know, I had a lot of fun just talking hockey, uh, enjoying it, looking at it from a different perspective. So um, it was two, two great games, and um, at Nationwide, you know, watching some hockey and just getting to talk about it, you, you can't beat that. All right. I, I know when you guys are playing, you think that the job that we do has got to be the easiest job in the world. Now you did it at the high school level, by the way, not the NHL level, but you did it at the high school level. Uh, you appreciate it a little bit more. Do we actually work a little bit? Come on, give me some credit. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it so much more. Um, you know, the play-by-play the, the -play is the toughest. That's what impressed me the most is just watching and being able to connect the names. And we know how fast the play happens. Uh, you know, especially for, for those that are just new to the game, you know, the plays going around, it's hard to follow the puck. And that's kind of what you felt like once the first time standing up there being a broadcaster, felt like I was new to the game. And it's like, oh man, this is happening so fast. How do I associate which player, you know, with, with the number and, and everything. So it was, uh, and you don't want to screw up the names and just, you know, all the thoughts in your head and just trying to articulate. It's, uh, you know, it's a challenging and there's a lot going on. So definitely a lot of props to you for that. <laughs> well, well, thanks. And, and yeah, when you go to, like, if you were to come to a Blue Jackets game, it would be much easier for you to connect the dots because in following the National Hockey League and, and following the Blue Jackets, you already know some guys. But when you go into these high school games, you really don't know anybody. But I got to ask you this, coming out of the experience of watching the two games, uh, what were your impressions on the quality of high school hockey here in Ohio in watching the state final four? You know, hockey's come so long here in, 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 in Columbus. They, they're the, it's improving so much. These players are, are pretty talented and the pace was great. It's, uh, you know, I've been following high school hockey for, for a while now here um, the last few years and, and I'm impressed with it. I think uh, the talent's just getting better. And, you know, Columbus is is so close from being that team that finally can win a, a state championship. It's coming. It's it's down the road here. And um, Upper Arlington has done a great job along with other programs. And, you know, yesterday was just another example of, um, you know, four good teams um, competing and, and, you know, anything can happen in those games. Well, I want to talk to you about the games in particular because the afternoon game, had uh, Lakewood St. Ed's taking on Gilmore Academy. Now, St. Ed's had to beat St. Ignatius to get to the Final Four, and St. Ignatius was lights out pretty much all year long, and all of a sudden they're not even uh, in the final conversation. But Gilmore Academy grinds out a win, a 2 to nothing win. I know they were up 1-0 to nothing with just under five minutes left before they sealed the deal and put it away. Uh, what was that game like? I mean, 2 to nothing in high school hockey, is uh, that, that's a lot of work. Yeah, so that game was uh, was a little bit of a um, you know a slow game at, at times. Um, it was a lot of Gilmore slowing the game down and and really just playing solid defensively. Their goalie Ian Anderson, I mean, he actually just stood on his head, and made some amazing saves. Um, they got an early goal, ninety seconds in, they stole the puck and went down the breakaway and, and scored. And they really just rolled that goal and, and preserved it the, the the entire rest of the game. They they were okay with doing that and. You know, their stingy defense is kind of just was a staple for their, that team. I mean, that's what they, they used um, to win the game four. And, you know, that team's funny. You know, Gilmore started off, uh, you know, 7-10-1 and through the season. And then, you know, December 31st and January 1st comes in. And now they are 9-3 and uh, three as a team, or 19-3. and three. So they've really turned it around. Uh, I've been riding the hot streak. And it was crazy to watch them just be able to shut down and, um, you know, defend the rest of the game. 
When you say they're stingy defensively, do you mean like old New Jersey devil style stingy defensively or what? Well, I think they were, they were okay. Just playing in their zone. They were confident. They, uh, you know, St. Ed's has a ton of talent there and um, you know, they really were having trouble generating anything in front of the nets. Um, you know, Anderson was able to see a lot. The D did a great job, you know, just really providing a lot of room in front of the net to see the puck. And a lot of the shots were coming from the outside and they were okay. Like I said, they kind of just iced it and iced it and knew that they would, they would win a lot of face-offs and just continue to keep battling. And they were comfortable with that, you could see. And then you got to the night game and that involved Upper Arlington from Columbus. And they took on Toledo's St. Francis de Sales. St. Francis de Sales out of Toledo has been there the, the last number of uh, years yeah. in a row. And, you know, they're used to being there in that environment. And what a game that one was. I mean, it was a one to nothing game until the final minute of the third period, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a, that was a heavyweight game. They were going back and forth. Um, sorry, my son's trying to <laughs> you're good. You're good. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a, uh, a heavyweight fight back and forth. Um, you know, they there were scoring chances early, a lot of odd man rushes um, for UA. They had some good chances. And then really, you know, it felt like after the first period, uh, Neil and I looked at each other and like, this could be, you know, this could be a high scoring game. It was just the chances were left and right for both teams. But um, after the first period, both teams really adjusted and kind of got a little bit more stingy. You saw um, St. Francis really, pull back in the neutral zone, sort of the New Jersey devil style and um, really had three guys back clogging that up. UA really likes to kind of take uh, Burns and Robbins and, and really get out and stretch out the neutral zone, look for those odd man rushes. Their D do a good job of getting the puck up. They flip it out sometimes. Just let those guys get into foot races. And, and St. Francis just really shut that down the second half of the game, had guys back and, and made it hard for them. So, uh, but again, it was a, it was a story of goaltending. Um, you know, St. Francis's Jackson Smalley was, I mean, he stood on his head. He was phenomenal the whole game, too. So it was exciting. It came down to to the end there where uh, Greasox scored the big goal. He pulled the goalie. Uh, he saw uh, Derek Dorsett on the bench with UA. He was doing over the, the face-off play. They pulled their goalie. They found a way to score a goal and um, went into overtime. And, and they actually had a, a power play in overtime, man, and weren't able to score. But you just knew that... Um, it was going to be one of those games where all the fans were up and it was just exciting and uh, a little bit more lively of a game. Yeah. And I just did the uh, district championship game that they played last week against Olin Tangy Liberty. And that was one where they scored with just under five seconds left to win the game and move on to the state final four. So uh, yeah, I, I was watching it. I was kind of paying attention to it while doing the game. And, and I was, I was really hoping that they would find a way to pull that out after another kind of a miraculous comeback at the end, but you talked about this earlier. This is where Columbus is uh, so close. I mean, that team and Sam Burns and Max Robbins, uh, those guys, they, they really set the tone. I, I was hoping they would get to that final game just so uh, we could see what they might be able to do in that environment because there's only been one Columbus team that's made it to the final game. Yeah, yeah, and it's a shame, you know, that, that it didn't end up winning. Um, you, know, you get those overtime games, it just could go a, one, a bounce either way. And it's it's a heartbreak for those seniors, uh, you know, those guys that put so much into that program that came so close last year and now this year. Um, you know, it's really, it is heartbreaking. It's sad that somebody has to lose. But, you know, end of the day, you know, you got to be proud of what they've done. They've done a tremendous job there. And, you know, that program's going in the right direction. And, and it's just not them. It's, you know, unfortunately, Liberty didn't make it. They, you know, they lost that tough one last week. And it's, you know, Berlin Hockey, St. Charles, all these teams here in Columbus, 
Um, the programs are going in really good directions. Uh, they're going to continue to keep pushing, and, and, and sooner or later, somebody's going to crack this and uh, and win one here in Columbus. And when you look at it, you know the the teams in Cleveland, the teams in Toledo, they've just quite frankly been there a lot longer. I mean, high school hockey has been more prominent for more years in the northern part of the state than it has been here in the central part of the state. And, and really, to show you how good it's getting, you look at the teams in the Cincinnati area. Uh, the Molars and St. X, I mean, they come up and they play in the Capital Hockey Conference because they know that's where the best competition is for them. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, they have the experience and they have, uh, you know, all the history behind them, you know, in St. Francis and Iggs and, and Edwards and all that. They're, they're just, um, they've been around. And, but like I said, it's coming here. Like these players here in Columbus, it's getting better and it's happening at the youth level. That, that's honestly where, where it's at. There's, you know, the youth hockey programs are just, you know, I can speak for that. They're, they're selling out. They're filled. We, 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 have, we don't have enough rinks. We don't have enough ice time for the youth. And, and, that, and that's a good problem to have. But that's just what that's going to happen is it's just going to continue to develop players. And there's going to be more and more players for high school hockey. Um, high school hockey is going to continue to grow and get better. So, um, you know, our turn's coming here in Columbus. It's in the right direction. It's in the right hands. There's a lot of good coaches, a lot of good uh, people involved. And, and like I said, uh, the future's bright. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, too, because you've seen it from many different angles. I mean, you did some coaching in the AAA ranks as well. So you have a, a, a good insight as to what the, the local hockey is here in Columbus. And, uh, you know, I, I've been out of it now for a couple of years and watching these kids grow up and go through these programs. But uh, it, is, uh, uh, it is good to see it getting better. And as you said, not enough ranks. And I know there's a lot of talk about adding more sheets here and It'll be great to get even more kids on the ice, won't it? Yeah, it, it, like I said, it's it's great. It's um, you know, I, I've seen it in the AAA level for a few years, and you know, our AAA programs is continuing to get better and better. Um, you know, they've done a great job with that program. You're seeing more players uh, move on to the juniors, move on to college ranks. Now you see them, in, in, you know, in the Blue Jackets lineup. So that's a great thing, and just has a testament to say, you know, where Columbus hockey has come from. It's um, it's developed so much in the past few years, and you know, I, I keep saying that it's starting with the house hockey. It's um, the the numbers are there, right? And to have those numbers and to retain those kids, that's what it's all about. You're just growing the game, growing the interest. And um, it really, truly, this this town, the city of Columbus has, has turned into a hockey hotbed. It's a, a market that people want to come play hockey here. They want to come to tournaments here. They want to, they want to be involved. They... You know, even if it's at the high school level, the, the pre-post team, the Columbus Chill, um, you know, these are all great organizations here in Columbus. One more thing I want to ask you about this, because now I knew when my son was coming up and playing youth hockey, um, you know, there sometimes there are some perceptions. And one of the perceptions I always found was uh, you got to play AAA hockey. If you're not playing in the AAA program, then, you know, you got to get into that program somehow, some way. And, and, you know, then there are kids that'll play in that up until high school. Some of them leave and they go back into high school, just from your perspective. And you're a guy that did a lot of things, you know, you, you played high school and then you, you went on and, and left that. And then you wound up in college at Ohio state. Is it just important to play wherever you're having fun and wherever your ability lets you go and just, does it really matter what team you're on is what I'm trying to say, as long as you're enjoying the game, maybe doing it with your friends, maybe doing it with hopes to go to college or whatever. Should there be any pressure put on kids to they've got to do one specific thing? No, absolutely not. Um, I'm a firm believer that, um, you know, first of all, you have to have fun. You got to be enjoying what you do. And, that, and that's the reason why we play this game, right? We have fun. 
we uh, the camaraderie with, the, with your teammates, um, you know, competing, you know, all those experiences, life lessons on the ice and in the locker room. Those that's what it's about. And you know, it doesn't it doesn't really matter what team you're on. And, and you know, these these kids um, are developing and learning from the single A and double A level as well, also. And um, you know, you're seeing kids go into the high school and play in the high school ranks instead of going the triple A route. And you know, there's there's kids that, you know, have junior offers afterwards or, you know, can go play, you know, D2, D3 schools, um, club hockey. So it's, you know, it's not always about just playing on a AAA team. And, you know, there's only going to be 15, 20 kids at that age. So th th there has to be uh, areas for, for the kids, other kids to play, too. And, um, you know, frankly, here in, in Columbus, I, you know, I want to see us keep developing the, the single A and the double A um levels because that's what majority of the players are and and that's only going to make the high school stronger as when they get to um you know ninth grade through 12. yeah i I, I firmly agree with you on that you're absolutely right on that and you know the, to break it all the way down to the you know the really young kids level two uh you start in the house programs like you said um sometimes look you don't have to play travel hockey to me and i don't know what you think about this but to me the advantage of playing the travel hockey was that you got more ice time and, and you got more experiences and oh yes you have to travel to chicago st louis detroit pittsburgh all those places to play but um you know then there are some parents out there that don't even realize uh the travel or the select opportunity and uh you know there's a lot of things to find out maybe i should just go back and be some kind of a, a consultant on this for parents that don't know what's going on but i i mean really there are a lot of choices and sometimes uh, the parents and, and the kids don't even know what all those choices are yeah, it's overwhelming, I and mean, especially for new parents that get involved into hockey. They're constantly asking questions. Um, you know, I'm answering parents' questions at the house level all the time, and you know, then they got to take their feet into the you know single A or double A or the select or whatever it is, and you know, they just don't know. And it's that kind of old you know old saying of just like you know you know the FOMO, fear of being left out. You know, what what should my kid be doing? Should be doing this and that. You know, he needs to be on the ice. You know, you know, ten hours a day, and it's just like. You know, I think sometimes people just need to step back and just remember, like, enjoy these moments, enjoy it, have fun, play other sports, too. It's so important to be playing other sports and being a multi multi um, sport athlete, developing everything, having fun, learning other things. Um, you, see, you know, you don't want to see the burnout for sure. That's one thing. Um, injuries can concur, uh, can happen. And. It's just, uh, you know, it's a it's a bad, bad spiral happening where these parents, you know, think their kids just need to be part of everything. And, uh, you know, you really don't need that. You just need to focus on your one thing or whatever it is and have fun with it. And then when the time comes, all right, let's move on. Let's go play baseball in the spring. Yeah, that's every coach. Like when I was uh, when my my kids started to play, every coach told me that. And it seems like um, every coach believes that until you're the coach that doesn't have all his players for practice because they're off doing something else. <laughs> yeah, it's, it gets tricky. It's tough, you know, but I think it, it seems like these seasons keep lasting longer and longer. And, um, you know, uh, you want to keep doing more and more, you know, and then pond hockey starts after the season and it's just like, okay, there's camps. And I think it's good to continue to keep progressing your game, you know, work on things, um, but do it at a very non- um, commit like a non-pressure situation. Like I'm a big believer in, I love uh, what Lee Harris is doing here in, Col in Columbus. Um, Lee Harris works with the jackets, uh, skating and, and skills. And, you know, I love the fact that 
um, in the spring, he does a lot with these players. And it's, it's an it's a opportunity for these kids that they're not on a teams, they're not being coached, their pressure's not there. They get to work on individual stuff, have fun, but it's a less stressed environment. So they're, they're able to just like skate and, and get outside their box and their comfort level and just, you know, no pressure and um, really improve their game. I think that's kind of the thing that's important. I think you need to, if you really want to develop here, instead of just constantly playing games, constantly being, um, you know, oh, we got to play now pond hockey or we got to play, you know, three on three or the summer leagues or, or whatever it is. Um, you know, I think the the environment, that's what we do with the Columbus Chill Program in the spring. You know, we do a lot of in-house stuff there. And, and, you know, we get like about 70 kids and, and we do a lot of small area game stuff and a lot of skill teaching. And I think it's just a really good opportunity for the kids to step back, don't feel the pressure. And they just really enjoy the, the moment of, um, you know, trying to, to get better and, and try to improve their skill level. Talking with RJ Umberger, former Buckeye, former Blue Jacket. And as we're talking about all this and youth hockey and, you know, coming up and now you're coaching it, but. Boy, take it back to, to when you were playing. I mean, it was a different time, uh, and you were doing it in Western Pennsylvania. And, you know, what's funny is uh, there weren't a lot of rinks there at the time. I mean, the rinks started popping up after the early 90s when the Pittsburgh Penguins won back-to-back -back Stanley Cup championships. But uh, you had uh, the opportunity to play there and come up through it. When, when you, If you can remember back then when, uh, when you were doing it, how much different is what the kids go through today than what you went through back then? Well, I think, um, you know, I think there's more pressure on these kids. Um, I think that, uh, you know, especially in Pittsburgh, I mean, things have just changed and developed. There's new opportunities that uh, the whole Penguins Elite program that they got going there. Um, I mean, it's just wild. These, I mean, for me, when I played, it was just, okay, you go to the rink, you, you practice, you go home, and then, you know, you had games coming up on a weekend. Now these kids are – they're focusing on their, you know, what they're eating, you know, the off-lights workouts, um, you know, they have it right there inside the building and, and, you know, all these teams, even here in Columbus, you know, they're connected to some kind of trainer and, you know, they got the skills coach and they got the skating coach. It's just um, so much more in depth than when I played, um, you know, so I, I, you know, lots changed, but again, I think, because of all these resources and all this availability they have to them and how much everything's changed. I think you're seeing why these kids are so skilled. Um, you know, they're, they're growing up and they, they just have so much more teaching. The NHL game is so more skilled than it was just 10 years ago. Um, these kids do things with the puck. That's just simply amazing. So, um, you know, it's a product of that, the product of all that they have available to them right now. Even though you didn't have as much, you still played well enough to get your number retired in high school though, didn't you? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, you know, hey, I guess you, you still um, if you play the game, you can play the game. It doesn't matter, I guess, what else is going on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me ask you about something else that kind of ties into this whole thing because you were at Nationwide Arena last Saturday night when Rick Nash had his number retired. Uh, you were there, you watched the ceremony, and for me, that you know, what we're talking about is all part of that because you know Rick Nash for many years was the Columbus Blue Jackets. Rick Nash was the reason that so many kids got interested in playing hockey and uh, that the youth program started to balloon back then. And that continues today with all the great players that have come through now. But, um, you know, in, in being a part of that, watching that uh, the other night, uh, what were your feelings as a guy that, you know, played for this franchise and is somebody that makes central Ohio his home now? Yeah, it was a really surreal uh, moment. It was, um, 
you know, it was a, a moment that I was glad that I, you know, I was there and I, I witnessed um, and just, you know, a very proud moment um, for to see where this organization's come, see what hockey has come in, in the city of Columbus here. But, you know, and I think Rick just, you know, he owes a lot of credit to him for that. And, you know, he's done so much for this city, not just on the ice, but off the ice and everything. Um, and, you know, he was so deserving of that night, but, you know, like Rick said, I think that night was just a night to celebrate a lot of different people, not just him. It just a lot of people have left their mark on, on this game here in the city. And, you know, who knows where we'd be at right now if it wasn't for the Blue Jackets, you know, that started here in the early 2000s. Um, you know, hockey, you know, might not exist here right now. It definitely wouldn't be at the numbers it is. So um, Rick's left his mark here big time, not just on the ice, scoring the goals and, and carrying us to our first playoff. It was it was what he's done, just the impact off the ice. And it's probably even more than on the ice. And I think that's the most unique part about this and, and why he's so deserving of having his number retired. Yeah, and it, it was really, it was a celebration of Rick. There's no question about that. But it just seemed like it was a celebration of the hockey community here in, in Columbus and the surrounding area. And, and that's what impressed me, I think, the most about it was how it became all-inclusive and not just about one guy, even though it was very much about that one guy. Yeah, and and that's and it should have been like that. And I think it's a very a good testament to Rick. You know, Rick. Um, you know, Rick made it like that. He he wanted it to be a celebration of you know of entire city of Columbus, every single person who's who's been a part of hockey here, who's come to the games, who has their son playing, who just you know loves being loves the Blue Jackets, and and I think that just goes to um, show the type of person Rick was um, just a selfless leader here. And, um, you know, he, it, it very easily could have just been, you know, his night, but, you know, he quickly said from the beginning that he wanted this to be a celebration for the city. What was it like to see uh, some of your former teammates? I mean, some of them are around town. You can see them all the time. You mentioned Derek Dorsett earlier, uh, Aaron Johnson's working for the organization now, but you know, Mike Commodore came in for that. Pascal Leclerc was in, uh, you know, you got a chance to hang out with some guys you haven't seen in quite some time, haven't you? Yeah, it was a lot of fun catching up with some of those guys. Uh, you know, I haven't seen uh, both of them since they left the, left the team here. So um, it, it was great to see. It was actually it was great to catch up with Aaron Johnson. I haven't seen him since he was um, since he's been back. So that's uh, that was fun. Um, you know, Aaron did such a great job with his speech. He killed it. He was funny. Um you know, I, he, he said he was nervous, but you wouldn't have believed it with, uh, with how well his speech went. But um, he did a great job helping to put that event together and, and Todd Chirac and, and everybody that had their hands on, on that event. It was just a first class, um, you know, night by the entire organization. It was, it was such a fun night and it was fun to get together afterwards. Um, went to Lincoln Social, had a good time with those guys and it was good to catch up. Yeah, and I was, uh, we were just talking with, uh, I was talking with Jody Shelley last night on the bus after the game. And uh, once again, he's talking about, you know, getting together an alumni game and how much are you guys all looking forward to, you know, doing that, that, that is a, that's a huge event that this, this organization has yet to have one of those. Uh, are you guys starting to kind of be chomping at the bit to, to get, a, get the gang together and do that sometime? Well, I don't know if we're all chomping on the bit to go play. I think it's just the fact that getting together and that the, we're at that point where we can do something like that. I think that's the the, the 
great part. Some of us haven't skated in a while and it's, uh, <laughs> we're not quite at our best there on the ice, but it's, uh, it's just fun that we're able to, to get to that point where we have enough guys here in town that have decided to stick around, um, you know, and guys that will be willing to come in and play. But I think Jody's done a great job with uh, trying to unite this alumni. Um, I mean, we're so young. We're such a young organization, such a young alumni group that, um, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. Um, you know, you see some of these other big name cities um, like Philadelphia. I'm a part of that alumni too. And, and so is Jody. And, and you see where that alumni is at, the history they have, the impact they have on the community. And I think that's uh, an inspiration for our alumni to definitely continue to grow and continue to, um, you know, make an impact here in Columbus. Yeah. And, and you're already adding a lot of guys uh, that are here. And then if you look ahead, the guys that are coming, I mean, now this is down the road before they're done playing, but I mean, Cam Atkinson is going to come back here and live. Nick Felino is going to come back here and live. You guys are going to have a, a pretty good alumni roster here <laughs> within the next couple of years. Yeah, I think so. I think we, should, you know, I've always said, you know, why don't they start some kind of like a little charity tour for like ex players from different cities that want to go around and play? I'm, I'm sure people would, would jump on that and, and play uh, and come and pay to go see that. I think it would be a lot of fun and, and keep us in shape a little bit. But yeah, I know it's it's great to see those guys. I mean, Cam's had such a big tie to this uh, this city and, and what he's done. So uh, it's good to see him come back. And same with Nicky Polino. Um, you know, those those are two guys that are, are well-loved here and, and guys that will continue to make definitely a huge impact after their career here. All right, RJ, what are you doing with yourself now besides, you know, in the youth hockey ranks like we just talked about a lot? What else are you doing with yourself? Well, mostly dad life. You know, i got the little ones running around here. Well, not so little anymore. i got my son's eight. Um, you know, he was trying to trying to get in on this interview as well. So <laughs> he, he's eight that, you know, I coach his, his eight-year-old team. Um, you know, he's about to move up to uh, squirts next year. We'll hit the full ice. So that'll be a fun little test for him. Um, I have two older, older daughters um, now uh, 11 and, and almost 13 here. It's, it's crazy to think my oldest is going to be 13. Um, we're, she, my wife was pregnant with her when I got traded here at Columbus back in 08. So um, time does fly by. Um, they're, they're great kids. They're involved in so much um, soccer and dance for my girls. Really takes up a lot of our time. Soccer season just kicked off here for the spring. And I've already been to uh, Canton, Ohio and uh, Cincinnati the past two weekends. So we're in them off to Dayton next weekend. So it's, uh, it's, it's never a dull moment here. Other than that, I, I try to do the coaching when I can. Like I said, my son's team, um, I'm highly involved in the Columbus Chill program. Um, Columbus Chill is a pre-post program here, which is before and after high school. Um, and, and you're not allowed to do both club hockey and high school this, at the same time here in, in Ohio. So um, it's really fun. Um, you know, the pre, the, the pre, the part of it, we've competed in, you know, four or five tournaments um, with the 18U and 16U and, and, and had a really good group of players and, and year after year, it's just, uh, it's fun to impact those kids. And like I said, the spring part, we do more in-house of about 70 kids, um, eight weeks of, of development, um, a skill night in, in, a, in a small three, like a uh, small area game kind of a, of a night. And we keep that standings going for those eight weeks and the kids have like their own little uh, 
tournament the last day and, and win a trophy and and the development you see in those eight weeks is pretty tremendous the you know refining the small area games just has such an impact on these kids their skill level their timing being able to make quick decisions and and, and they don't realize how much they're working on their game because they're having so much fun doing it so it's it's been a lot of fun um you know, i do that columbus chill program with dave Russo, who's the founder of it and and dave and i played together at um ohio state so we're good friends we have a lot of fun and it keeps him busy. So, and now Dave's coming in house with the Blue Jackets to, uh, you know, uh, do even more work on youth hockey. So that's awesome as well. Yeah, I can't speak enough highly enough of Dave. Dave, Dave's so uh, he's such a bright young person in the game here in Columbus. He, he's already done so much, and he was working for USA Hockey there for for a long time, and um, you know, in the education department of it, coaching, um, you know, the coaches and all the. Uh, the, the modules and everything. So he's now bringing that expertise into the Columbus's organization here. And he's going to be working with uh, the house hockey and, the, and particularly the AU right now. And he's really going to help take that AU to the next level and, and, you know, start from the ground up with our, with our young kids. And so I'm anxious to see what he's able to do with the, with the house here. Well, RJ, thank you very much. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time and breaking down those games for me. I'm going to do the championship game tomorrow. So thank you for the scouting report. I appreciate that. But uh, it was great to have you involved in that. I'm so happy you were available to do those games. And uh, we need to get you in and do more. You got the high school experience now. Why don't you just come in and sit with me during the NHL? We'll just skip the whole college level, skip the minors. We'll just take you right to the show. That sounds good. Bring me in anytime you want. I'll be ready. (laughs) All right, RJ, thanks. I appreciate it. All right, a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. That is former Blue Jacket and former Buckeye R.J. Umberger. He did the color commentary in the two high school games at Nationwide Arena that were played yesterday. I, alongside of Dylan Tyre, am going to call the state championship game tomorrow night at Nationwide Arena. But that is right in between a Blue Jackets game on either side. Blue Jackets are at home tonight to take on the Minnesota Wild at 7 o'clock. On Sunday night, they'll be home at 7 o'clock to take on the Vegas Golden Knights. You can get tickets for both of those games by going to bluejackets.com right now. If you cannot be there tonight, our pregame coverage will begin at 6.30, both on the Blue Jackets radio network and on Valley Sports Ohio. Once again, thanks to former Buckeye and Blue Jacket R.J. Umberger for being my guest today. Thanks to you for being here. That's going to do it for this edition of CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Until next time, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.